JR, and with me today, I have two awesome guests that I'm super excited to have. I have Chris Drew from Menace to Sports, and I have Big Kurt from Eyes on Big. Both podcasts, both are phenomenal. I enjoy both of them, listen to them all the time, so I was really, really happy when these guys decided to come on. Before we get to them, I want to remind you that this show is from Big Banter Sports, all things Big Ten. We have a podcast for every Big Ten team for football right now. We're working on getting everything done for basketball. But sh- go over to uh, the BigBanterSports.com and check out all the podcasts there. And this show, like and subscribe. We have episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday. We cover all the news of the Big Ten, get perspective from all different kinds of teams, all different kinds of podcasters, insiders, and sometimes just fans. So if you're a fan and you want to come on this show, hit me up on Twitter, the Big Ten Huddle at the Big Ten Huddle. Send me a message, reply to one of my tweets, let me know if you want to be on, and we'll see if we can make time for you. Gentlemen, how are we doing today? Real good. Real good. Thrilled to be here. Thank you, JR. Yeah, doing great, JR. Thanks for inviting me. For sure. Glad you guys were able to come on. Chris, you want to go ahead and talk about your podcast for a minute? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm Chris Drew from the Menace of Sports uh, podcast. Me and my guy, Zach Smith, cover try to cover all things nationally, but primarily Big Ten and Ohio State focused. Um, obviously, you know, former wide receiver coach at Ohio State. So definitely a polarizing figure in the um, in the good old sports world big 10 world and ohio state world but we're live every day you know noon on youtube and then obviously wherever you find podcasts just manage the sports for sure thanks for sharing that kurt you want to talk about eyes on big sure i am big kurt from the eyes on big podcast and i host the show with uh jeffrey the greek so we cover all 14 big 10 teams we pride ourselves on giving equal coverage to all 14 of those of course Certain games are bigger than others, and we'll get more coverage. But, yeah, we talk about all 14 teams, soon to be 18 teams. And uh, so we do feel like we cover a kind of a unique niche in the market where we talk about all of them. So if you want one source to know the teams up and down in the Big Ten, Eyes on Big Podcast. For sure. And one of the reasons why I love having both these guys on is I feel like we all kind of hit the Big Ten and sports from different areas. So you can kind of get your own feel. The way I look at it, the more podcasts, the more shows, the more things to look at, the better. You know, it's an awesome time. And I just appreciate these guys being here. So we're going to get into today the Ohio State QB battle. If you're not finished talking about it, if you're not tired of talking about it, we're going to keep talking about it. Don't worry. We're also going to get into some comments that Jim Harbaugh had about sharing player revenue this season and the seasons and beyond. And then we have college football coming to a theater near you. We'll learn more about that at the end of the episode. But first, we have the Ohio State QB battle. Ryan Day came out. First thing he said in his press conference today is that Kyle McCord will start the Indiana game on Saturday. He has named a starter. Chris, let me know. Is the quarterback battle over? Can we finally put this to rest? Is it over? I was hoping so, but then the more I listened to Ryan A talk about it today, it felt like it was definitely not over. Um, it does feel like the Kyle McCord has done enough to be the week one starter, but I did think it was interesting. When Ryan Day gets up there and says he'll be the week one starter uh, versus Indiana and then says we will reevaluate afterwards, that to me feels like when you have a vet in the NFL and you got the rookie behind him and you're looking for kind of the chance to swap him. So 
Um, it was definitely odd, you know, for me at least, obviously being so involved and entrenched in Buckeye Nation. I would like there just to be one quarterback, one starter, and you roll with that for the season. Obviously, as an Ohio State fan, I made fun of Michigan plenty for their two quarterback system they had last year. And now, boom, we're right there, uh, right there with them. So I do not think the quarterback battle is over. I was told today, um, right around two o'clock, actually, um, that they anticipate that both quarterbacks will play in the first half, which I find really interesting. And they're going to be going up against a defensive coordinator uh, at Indiana that knows Ohio State pretty well. Um, that. D.C. there was actually one of the lead analysts on defense for Jim Knowles in Ohio State last year and a guy that was Jim Knowles' first call um, when he made it to Ohio State. He went and got him from Duke, said, come on over, learn the defense, learn the ins and outs, and that was Indiana. So um, it's not a game that I really want to mess around with. It's not a game that Ohio State should mess around with. There's going to be a, you know, it's going to be a really blitz-heavy scheme, especially from a Jim Knowles prodigy, and and they should blitz a lot because it is you know two starting new starting tackles and then um, a, a new center out there in, in Columbus. So I don't think the quarterback battle is over yet. I do think it, it needs to be over by the Notre Dame game. Um, but this feels like a situation where both guys have done enough, quote unquote, to win the job, and they uh, they want both to see the field because they think they earned that right early. For sure. Yeah. And that's great insight that uh, it's a coordinator from the Jim Knowles system, knowing all that stuff and him coming in for that. And I didn't hear that, that he would for sure play in the first half. So that is for sure not going to be a mop up duty type of thing. It sounds like Ryan Day is legitimately giving both guys a shot here. And who knows, it could just be a token give to mm. Kyle McCord. Like, hey, you, you have the seniority, you know, you're going to start this this first game. We'll see how it goes. Big and Kurt, we'll see how true feeling? it is because if, yep. if both quarterbacks, if one quarterback goes out there and it's a close game, and and then you're really going to see, like if things sputter early, you're going to see how how true Ryan Day feels about that. Because if it's, you know, like like San Jose State against USC, if it's 7-7, 21-14, I promise you they're not going to mess around. They're going to put the best quarterback out there. So Ryan Day and company, I think, are operating with a little bit of an air of arrogance. And I'm okay with that. Um, but we'll see. Yeah, I do expect both of the though play in the first half. Sorry to cut you off, JR. No, you're good. You're good. I appreciate that. Big Kurt, what's your feeling on this, man? You think it's over? You think that Devin Brown has a legit shot here? What's what's kind of your thoughts on this? So the quote I had heard was that McCord was gonna start, Devin Brown was gonna play. My immediate thought was, well, of course he's gonna play. It's Indiana, they should run away with this. So my I my thought was, well, McCord won the competition hands down, but now that that uh, Chris Chris says that uh, Devin's going to play in the first half. Maybe it's not over. I've kind of been all over the, the board on this quarterback situation in the podcast that we previewed Ohio State. My gut reaction was they just don't have the air apparent like they're used to having. Because if, if we didn't know who it was, that that breaks from the norm from what we've seen from Ohio state, we always knew who the next guy was going to be. So maybe one of these guys isn't very good. Um, I did hear from one of my Ohio state insiders. He thought it was never really a competition that McCord was going to win the whole time. And that Devin Ryan day was just kind of holding his cards tight. Was he playing chess or was he trying to keep both these quarterbacks in Columbus in this age of the transfer portal? But now that I hear all of this, I think it probably is an open competition. And if they're both playing, we're going to find out who the better quarterback is. 
we may not find out at Indiana. We may not find out Western Kentucky. And I'm, uh, I was at Youngstown is their other one, but definitely by Notre Dame, we'll know who the starting quarterback is for the remainder of the season. I think. Yeah, for sure. And there's not the pressure there is this year to kind of have that first quarterback. I mean, you know, IU, while they are a Big Ten team, what is it? I think it's 27 straight wins Ohio State has against them. You know, it. it you hate to put an opponent down, but in reality, it's one of the easier Big Ten teams that they've had to deal with over the years. So you could kind of treat them like that. But in today's transfer portal era, I mean, we saw TCU last year. I mean, I'm not saying Indiana's going to the national championship this year. Don't even say that. But you never know what kind of talent they could have got. They got a really, really good defensive end, I think, Andre Carter from Army, who just lit things up last year, the last two years. And we'll see, we'll see how Ohio State deals with it if they are going to be able to do it. And even the last two quarterbacks, Justin Fields and CJ Stroud, correct me if I'm wrong here, Chris, but Chris Chuganov was the backup for Justin Fields mm -hmm. his first year. And then CJ Stroud's first year in 2021 was actually Kyle McCord. So, you know, Kyle McCord is a freshman. So mm -hmm. really there wasn't any competition, even though Ryan Day kind of brought it out to the end. There wasn't all that much competition to, to deal with. But uh, my next question about this for you guys is kind of less about Ohio State and more just kind of about the future of football college football and things beyond and we'll start with you kurt do you see this happening more often with kind of quarter or uh, coaches taking this quarterback battle up into the first game or even until the week before or stretching out further because of the transfer portal and the risk of losing players what do you think absolutely and why wouldn't they do that if you look at the recent landscape in college football everything continues to tilt towards the players, giving them more and more power, which they probably deserved at some point. But you look at NIL, you look at the transfer portal. Before that, you looked at the stipend that they got. Um, yeah, the players kind of seem to be holding a lot of the chips right now. So if if I'm a coach, you know, I got I got Devin Brown. Was he a first-year guy, I believe, and, and uh, McCord's a third-year guy? Well, you want both those guys around for a couple more years. So, yeah. Yeah. Why what do you think, Chris? You, why wouldn't you play it like it's a competition, even if you know who the better guy is? For sure. What do you think, Chris? Yeah, I do think uh, college football is trending this way. I think there was there was a point in time where uh, the coaches and universities had all the power, and so kind of kids just had to make it work where they were and now there's been this crazy overcorrection and swing and power dynamic and now player mobility is the number one thing in college football player mobility and player dollars so you, you almost have to play like this i mean we see at alabama they have not named a starting quarterback we saw last year um at michigan they were kind of dealing with it because they want both quarterbacks to kind of make it through the season i mean you 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 need it and especially teams that are going to be playing these you know probably looking to play 14 game seasons um, they they want to make it to the conference title and the playoffs. And so um, I do think college football is heading that way because the simple fact of the matter is, is you want depth and you want to plan for after. Um, no matter what, you want Devin Brown and Kyle McCord both there because at the end of the year, the last thing you want is to be in a situation where you have to you have to play a, a, a brand new player that you had to go get from the portal because quarterback depth got absolutely decimated. So um, and the other, other part of this is tampering is alive and a thing as well. So 
I do think schools will kind of trend towards playing this thing very close to the vest. Even this year, I felt like it was late. Like with even a Texas A&M when Connor Weidman just now getting named a starter, Haynes King just now getting named a starter at Georgia Tech. Like schools have been waiting longer and longer and longer to name starting quarterbacks. But on the flip side, previously we had seen guys announce their starting quarterbacks early in camp because you want to get guys to starter reps. So um, it's it's a double edged sword, of course. But now these coaches have to stretch these competitions out for the sole fact of you don't want to decimate an entire room by naming a starter too early. Yeah, if nothing else, uh, for us who are in the media and stuff like that, I appreciate it because it gives us something to talk about leading up to the season. And uh, anybody in the media knows, quarterbacks do numbers. So if you can argue about who's going to start on teams, (laughs) then, you know, you're set. So, all right, moving on from there. Thanks so much for sharing your thoughts on that, guys. We had Jim 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 Harbaugh call for player revenue sharing. Now, in his press conference before the game, the game that he won't be coaching in, but for some reason, Jim Harbaugh, was only suspended from being at the game he can still do the press conference still coach during the week whatever I'm not gonna uh, say that that's wrong or whatever who knows but definitely sounds like a self-imposed suspension if you ask me Jim Harbaugh made some comments about player revenue sharing and how players need to be able to to make money off of this he had a quote similar to and I'm searching for it right now here we go when student athletes call it a game corporate types call it a business Harbaugh said when the student athletes call it a business the corporate types call it a game we are where we are we have to try and make it work we have to try and make it better this was seemed brave to me to come from Harbaugh, especially after coming off this whole suspension stuff and, uh, you know, uh, the cheeseburger and everything, which, you know, the NCAA wants to come out and say it wasn't about a cheeseburger, but we all kind of know the NCAA is just, you know, peddling at this point for whatever they can. I'm, I'm curious, and we'll start with you, Kurt. Are you for or against revenue sharing for college football players? Are you for or against it? What do you think? Okay, first of all, but, you know, did it take a lot of courage for Harbaugh? Or is it just Harbaugh beat Harbaugh? Wow. You know, at the, the, latter. The, the latter. At the absolute worst time for him to be thumbing his nose at the NCAA, that's exactly what he's going to do. So I thought it was perfect timing by him. But to get to your question, am I in favor of it? I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily like the way college football is heading. I don't like the way it's heading. I don't like the effect that it's probably going to have on the game. The game is trending more and more towards being just a, 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 a another version of the NFL. But I'm a free market guy. So I do I want them to have revenue sharing? Yes, I do want them to have revenue sharing. There is so much freaking money involved with this. And you look at what's been happening over the last, say, 20 or so years with overpaying coaches, overpaying administrators, the reason they're doing that is there's so much money available, overspending on traveling, uniforms, you name it. Would a would would a, a player rather have some lavish, unnecessary facility, or would they rather have that money in their pocket? I mean, these these athletic departments operate at you know no no profit or even a loss because th- there's there's nowhere to put the profit. You, just, you get this much money, you got to spend that much money. So why do we have to put it towards facilities and coaches? Why shouldn't the players get their cut too? And I, I've always said the players have always gotten paid. They get a free scholarship. Now they get a stipend. But 
it, it again, I'm a free market guy. The money's there. It should be spread out evenly. These without these guys, there wouldn't be any money there. I agree. I, I feel very similar to what you do. Uh, Chris, what are you thinking? I agree, but I'm a closed-minded guy that because I can't make it make sense in my head and figure out in my head, part of me is like, I don't even know if I want to tackle this world. Because right now, I have very little faith in NCAA. I do know these big TV you know, deals, these big TV deals are funneling tons of money towards conferences. And if there's a way to divvy it up and have it make sense, cool. Um, what I'm worried about is more kind of about because each conference is so different in terms of how they, they share the revenue, I think that like you'll get differences in how money is spread out. Because right now in the ACC, uh, they're fighting for kind of like the performance revenue. It's like if you do well and, you're, and you do good numbers and you win a lot of games, we'll give your school more money. And it's like, oh, is that going to create more of a, a, a power funnel in the ACC for schools like Clemson and Florida State as long as ACC is still around? And, and the Big Ten, it's not like that. In the Big Ten, Rutgers gets the same amount as Ohio State. Um, and so in terms of the TV revenue stuff, because I can't fathom in my head, I'm Mr. Close-Minded, I struggle with the idea of revenue sharing. Should there be revenue sharing? Absolutely. These kids at like 10 times over deserve to make money. My thing is I have no faith in any of the, of the, the, fig, the powers that be to make this work out the right way. And it feels like it's so far beyond messed up. Um, that I worry about it kind of getting even more like it's already the wild west. Maybe we got NIL portal, all that unlimited waivers. And it's like, I don't want to throw another wrench into this when I haven't fixed it the first time. So I think there needs to be revenue sharing, but I would at least right now until then, like to tighten up the NIL stuff and kind of the school's roles in that. And, you know, the legislature across all uh, of the country before I want to introduce this other version of the wild west, if that makes sense. No, yeah, for sure. It totally makes sense. And I remember uh, probably months ago, close to a year ago, people were talking about how, you know, conferences are going to start paying the players and that's how they're going to get away with it. So that way only the football players get paid. And as soon as I heard this from Jim Harbaugh, I thought to myself, well, here it is. You know, here's how the TV uh, networks are going to get into paying these players and making this happen. And to me, it's like, I didn't even think about this avenue, but here it is. It's probably going to happen soon. Uh, and, I mean, and with that being said, I mean, how long do we think? I don't think there's a question about will this happen or not. I think the question is more about when this will happen. I mean, Chris, what do you think? I mean, just rough estimate timetable in your mind. What do you think? How long will this was take before we start seeing something like this? This, this, is, a, this is a really fun question. Really fun question. And um, for starters, when, when I thought about this the first time for both of you, do you think that Harbaugh wants to stay longer now that he's bringing this up? Because for me, at least I felt like at some point he's heading back to the league. So I want to ask you before I answer the question, do you think Harbaugh is interested in staying in college football for a period of time? And it's kind of, this is bad signal. Hey, if you fix this, I'll stay. Or is this just, uh, like Kurt said, Harbaugh being Harbaugh. Uh, okay, I'm going to go the opposite direction. I think I've always thought he wants to get back to the NFL. To me, this is him lighting the match and throwing it over his shoulder as he walks out the door potentially and waiting for it to blow up because mm -hmm. that's what Harbaugh does. Mm -hmm. I agree. To me, it's kind of like, and I said this on the last podcast, this is almost like Jim Harbaugh's way of like, hey, gang, let's all stay together. Each of you guys can coach a game or at least half a game, and I'll bring my dad in. It'll be awesome, and then we'll go win a national championship. And now I think – Harbaugh's kind of just fully realized it, and he's like, might as well go out with a bang. So, oh. 
It's like it's like very Joker like in the Dark Knight. You're pushing the button, <laughs> waiting for the whole thing to blow. Yeah, the okay. hospital. It's like when's it gonna blow up? I think it'll be three years. I think three years we'll get revenue sharing uh, in college football. What do you think, yeah. Kurt? That's the exactly the picture I was trying to paint. By the way, Chris, good catch there. Uh, so I there's been so many changes and they've happened so fast. And you know, conference realignment is is still hot right now. But this one's a huge step. I think it's going to be a little longer than three, but I'll say within 10 years, I think it's going to happen. Now, once it does happen, whether it's three years or 10 years, these guys are, they're no longer student athletes. They're going to be employees. So that, to me, that changes, that is such a fundamental change for college football. And at that point, if they're employees, can't you just fire them? Can't you just cut them? They're, the guy's not playing well anymore, or he's getting in trouble or whatever. Okay, well, you're you don't have a scholarship anymore in the Big Ten. You, if you get offered a scholarship, it's for four years. I see that changing at some point, and maybe not mid-year, but I think it maybe goes back to a year-by-year scholarship. That's crazy. Really you have to go full contract system, like you'd have to. Yeah. This isn't like Twitter revenue sharing where all the creators get their stuff. Can you guys notice how many more people are tweeting on Twitter now that the revenue sharing is there? Josh yeah, Pate has just gone crazy. I mean, <laughs> and some of them are tweeting outlandish things. I'm like, yeah. there's no way you believe that. Like, there's not a chance. And here we are. Anything for yeah. a couple of dollars, right? Hey, big, big game boomer is loving it. You know, he... <laughs> so big game boomer. Sorry to interrupt the cast for a plug here is going to be at the eyes on big tailgate this thursday in minneapolis really yes that's okay awesome. look at you that's awesome you got yeah. it. i've i have i've watched big game boomers shows a few times and he really is a, a wonderful personality and i think that he you know he is entertaining he's um, mastered it mastered. yeah but he just yeah. he kind of has that persona that he just puts out lists that have outlandish things on it and uh and he loves michigan this year so you know i'm sure chris uh loves seeing all of his uh michigan lists. i'm a georgia sidebar okay. uh, sidebar big game boomer has anointed me no, the most annoying twitter follow for an illini fan on twitter and he's also anointed me the best twitter follow wow on, on twitter for an illinois fan which by the way i'll fully admit i'm neither yeah, <laughs> man. Well, it's all an opinion thing. So you know, you have quite the range there, Kurt. That's uh, I that's guess. quite the range. Quite the range. <laughs> all right, our last story. And hey, if you're listening early in the morning, because we post this at like 3 a.m. in the morning for all you sickos out there that listen to this while you're going to your construction job at 4 a.m. But if you are listening to this early in the morning, you've probably not heard anybody talk about this because I haven't heard anybody talk about it. But college football is coming to a theater near you. Now, it's a little bit of a, a complicated story, but essentially what you can kind of essentially get down to is that the ACC, certain bowl games, I think there's like 75, I don't know if 75 is a full number of games or the bowl games. But anyway, certain bowl games, the ACC and part of the college football playoffs will be in Cinemark theaters starting this year. They will be playing them live, and they're talking about how this is going to be a stadium-like experience with loud noise and everything. I don't know how many stadiums I've gone to in pitch black, you know, because the lights are still on on the stadium. But, you know, hey, more power to them. They are calling this a stadium-like experience. The ACC has gone full in with the CW, Cinemark, all of these things. I mean – 
guys, Chris, we'll start with you. Why is ESPN doing this? Is this a waste? Is this the evolution of what's going on? I mean, I know you and Zach have talked about the evolution of streaming. I mean, is Cinemark going to overtake streaming? What are we thinking here, guys? This feels like a real goofball move, but part of me is like, maybe I go. Maybe I go see a potato bowl at a movie theater. Like I, I, I really, I really don't know. I mean, I guess the idea is, you know, you and your friends can get to, I can't defend it guys. I'm sorry. I tried. It's not for me. Um, if I'm not going to be at the game, I'd rather just be kind of either, you know, at, at my house on the couch or at a sports bar, but maybe that's me again, being closed minded. But I think part of me knows that this will only be like a one or two year thing. This is absolutely going to fall apart. And so I want to be one of the people that says I was there. I went and I saw North Carolina play whoever in the potato bowl. I was there. Thank you, Cinemark, for that. What do you think, Kurt? Okay, my first thought is uh, who's most desperate here, the ACC, ESPN, or the theaters? There is no wrong answer. No wrong answer. We're talking about three entities that are completely tanking right now. So I don't know who – like who – Who's the one that hatched this scheme? And the other two like, oh, yeah, yeah, we got to do that. Uh, that's that's obviously who the most desperate one is, so that's the one I want answered. But then my next thought, is this 1939 and we have to go to the theater to see Hitler invade Poland? You go to a theater because you can't see that movie at home. You can see these things. We've got a device in our hand that streams the the game from space and you can watch it anywhere in the world. Why am I going to theater? So then, then now I have more questions. Can I talk in the theater where, where I normally can't? Cause if I can't talk, I'm not going. It, you mentioned it before, Jer, are the lights going to be on? I, I don't want the lights off. Can I, can I use my phone? I, when I'm watching a game, I'm, I'm on Twitter constantly. Um, So I, I'm kind of at the same time also, Chris, like you, like, do I just want to try this one time, get a bunch of friends together, go to one game. And also, are they serving beer? Not every, not every theater serves beer. I'm not going somewhere and staying completely sober with a bunch of friends while I'm watching a game. I'm with you, Chris. I, I, I I love going to games. I don't want to go to them every week. Mm-hmm. I just want to go to a couple a year to experience it. Other than that, I want to be at home because that's where it's most comfortable. And that's where I have multiple screens. I can watch the games I want with the volume that I want on. So I agree. This is the one or two year experiment that we look back and call it a debacle. Yeah, I you guys hit a lot of the stuff that I was thinking. And honestly, I had three other thoughts, and I'll just hit them real fast that, that uh, you guys didn't mention. But my first thought is, have you guys ever had movie theater wings? I, they're awful. I worked in a movie I've theater. Never, I've never tried movie theater wings. I worked in a movie theater for three years, and the guy tried to experiment with wings one time. They were awful. Cleaning up the theater was terrible because you, it, there's like no place for your napkins, so you're just sitting there like rubbing rubbing the the sauce on yourself yeah, and then on the seat. And idea. yeah, terrible idea. It was awful. So they're not going to have good wings. I'm with you, Kurt. I guess you did mention this. It's not like you know you can just go to a theater like you can go to a bar. You know, like 
going and watching a game at a bar is completely different. You've got the environment, everybody's cheering, everybody's drinking, having a good time. And <laughs> you're not going to do that at a movie theater, the whole no talking. And then the other thing is, I mean, I, I've sat there in a theater before, you know, just two young kids going on their first date, second date, whatever. And, uh, you know, they're going there because they can't sit at their home with their parents around. And, you know, they, they decide to put the arm around them and maybe start smooching a little bit. It's like, I, I do not want that during Penn State, Utah. I, I, I don't <laughs> I don't want that going on in front of me when I'm trying to sit there and munch on my popcorn and try to I'm watch. I'm absolutely putting my arm around Kurt during Penn State, Utah. <laughs> I can see, I can see Chris, you and Zach in a theater together and uh, and having a good time with that. So. <laughs> Delete the evidence. There you go. There you go. Uh, but I, I just and, and you guys' point. This is just three desperate entities right now trying to get together. I, I mean, do we think that this would ever happen? Ever? I mean, anytime would this ever happen with the Big Ten and Fox? Kurt, you think you think this would ever happen with them? Big Ten ain't gonna do this. SEC ain't gonna do this. Only, only, only people in desperate situations act desperately. Mm-hmm. The Big Ten is not desperate. The SEC is not desperate. And it's funny because the ACC this entire time has kind of like been begging Florida State and Clemson to be patient. We're gonna get the revenue worked out, working on a calculated plan. And every time one of their quote unquote calculated plans comes out, it comes out something like this. Like we're gonna put you in, in the movies. <laughs> gonna Cinemark. I don't know. It's it's foolish. As as a boxing fan, I remember there was like a two year window where I thought boxing was dying. Like UFC was on the rise. No good fights were happening in boxing. I never even heard the boxing side go go get this desperate at a time where they probably needed to do this. Um, right. So to see the ACC do it, I think is, I think it's comedy, but you know, that's, that's how they're, that's how they're operating. And, uh, and I, I'm, I love a good train wreck. I really do. It, it's good for business. Right. Oh, and honestly, I could see something someday and maybe the ACC should take notes here, but I could see something someday with like an agreement between Buffalo Wild Wings and the ACC. Like, you know, hey, you're home for ACC sports. You can see every ACC game here because if conferences get big enough, you're going to need Big Ten Network one, two, three, four, five and six. You know, so maybe someday they say, hey, you can't watch them all at home, but you can come to the to to the restaurant, to the bar, and this is our sponsored restaurant. I could see something like that, but Cinemark, no, I, I can't. I can't see it. I don't think it's a good idea. Well, hey guys, any final thoughts before we start heading out of here? I do not. All right. The only one is visit Eyes on Big Tailgate this Thursday for the Gophers Husker game in Lot Thirty Seven. You can meet Big Game Boomer. You can also see. The five dollar bits of broken chair trophy, which is a a fake slash kind of real trophy between those two teams, that that's also a charity. So stop by and and maybe even donate. That is the Big Ten way, right there. Weird trophies that have some kind of meaning to them, but not everybody is exactly sure what the meaning is. I love it. I love it, Chris. Uh, any final thought? Or I guess you said no. Uh, you want to talk about Minnesota sports real fast again before we yeah, head out of here? Just come hang out live every day, every day at noon. Nothing, uh, nothing, nothing too fancy over here. I don't get to have big game boomer in my tailgates, <laughs> but definitely go check out, uh, go check out their tailgate. They got it going on over there. 
Excellent. Excellent. All right. Hey, I just want to thank my guests again one more time. Chris Drew of Minnesota Sports, Big Kurt of Eyes on Big and Big Banter Sports for having this podcast for us. Go check them out at BigBanterSports.com. Tomorrow, I will have another episode. I will be having a couple other people on to talk through the news of the Big Ten and all that is going on. I'll actually have our correspondent of the Minnesota Sky U. I called it Ski U in the preview, but Sky U is what it's called. And then we will have Jay Sully of the Sully Scoop podcast from Nebraska. And I'm sure we'll get into plenty of Nebraska, Minnesota versus each other stuff, all that good stuff. So thanks for coming on, guys. Appreciate it. We'll head out of here. Y'all have a great day. Thanks, JR.